If you want to check us out on all of our social media platforms, on Twitter at Tinfoil Hat Cast, on Instagram at Tinfoil Hat Pod, or all comedy t shirts.com, email us at Tinfoil Hat Pod at gmail.com. Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Hey, man, what's hey, the man. truth there, dog? Tinfoil Hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Yes, 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 the revolution will be podcasted. We are the truth. We drop those hammers. Shout out to all the people out there giving all the truth out there. The higher side chats, those conspiracy guys, Grimerica, Conspiracy Farm, all that. Freeman Fly TV. Freeman Fly TV. We got him coming on September 10th. That's the sound of... Of our good friend Ryan Davis jizzing in his pants. He's very excited about that. Uh, we got a great guest on for you. But before, let's get into the business, guys. We got some huge shows coming up. September 5th, the Tinfoil Hat Comedy Night will be at the Belly Room. There's only probably about 20 tickets left for that. It's in the Belly Room. We got Theo Vaughn, Eddie Bravo, Off the Grid will be there. Myself and our good friend A.A. Ron. Aaron will be there answering your questions and telling you how everything we talked about can't be true. And then after that, September 14th and 15th, we are at the Comedy Corner in, nope, that, yeah, that's it, Comedy Corner in uh, Niagara Falls. That's right. Eddie Bravo, myself, off the grids of felon, can't go. God damn you, you Canucks. Hey, Right? But we're going to be there. Tickets are moving. We're very excited. How do I know tickets are moving? Because nobody's hit me up telling me tickets aren't moving. <laughs> tickets are, in fact, moving. We're very excited about that. And then the following month, October 14th and 15th, uh, October 12th and 14th, October 12th, we are at the Philadelphia uh, punchline. That's right. Philadelphia Punchline with Tim Foyle Hat is a Friday at 10 p.m. show. And then that Sunday, I'm back in the 607 and the 315. We're going to be doing the Funny Bone. So if you're in upstate New York, go grab those tickets now. Make sure we show up in droves because my mom will be there. And she's already nervous about lizard people. <laughs> so we have to show her there's an army to fight those goddamn serpents. And after much to do, we are back at all comedy t-shirts. Our t-shirts soon should be up on the website. Grab your t-shirts. It's a great way to support the show. And, of course, the Patreon. We, I know a lot of you guys found the last episode quite interesting where I interviewed an alien um, medium and all you guys think I was just trying to get laid, I tell you, I was not. I, wa- I thought it was an interesting conversation, and sometimes they go into interesting realms. But last night, we had a great podcast. Good, good friend Ryan Davis, he worked on a whole show, and we got to know none of it because uh, me and my friend Matt just screamed at each other for a half an hour. <laughs> so if you want to listen to two men in the 40s yell about Trump versus uh, the deep state, uh, check that out. It's a wonderful episode. So that's the business. Hey, that's the bi- how are you, Ryan? Living, loving, man. We've been looking forward to the return of this guest ever since he left us. Man. We were supposed to have him on last week due to some my effing up. Okay, because I don't have an assistant. No one's helping me. 
<laughs> so uh, we messed up, but it ended up being a good episode with the Chinese episode that everybody seemed to really love. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So this guy was nice enough to move back. He was literally going to do our show to the one-year anniversary of doing the show. That's right. But, you know, it didn't happen on that, so we're proud to have him back up. Do you want to introduce him? Yeah, I mean, you've heard him before uh, when we talked about the Rothschilds, and now we're going to talk about something else nefarious and so uh, you heard most recently on the Higher Side Chats. Welcome back to Tinfo Hat, Magnora7. Magnora7, how are you, bud? Hey, hey, Sam and Ryan, how you guys doing? Very good. Thank man. you for coming on, buddy. Again, I know it's been yeah. a year. Why the name Magnora7? I, I don't know, honestly. I made it up on the spot like five years ago. I retired an old name I had, and I just made that up, and it stuck. So I'm stuck with it. Uh, Magnora, what is Magnora? Do we even know what that? what, what is that? It's literally, I literally chose the thing that had the least Google matches that I could come up with. So I just like went for something as unique as I could come up with. And that was what I came up with. But wow. So, so what do you Google least Googled thing ever? <laughs> I was just like trying all these names and Googling them and see which had the least results and so on. So, but apparently there's some company now ma- named Magnora or something. I don't know if they stole it from me or what, but uh, it's kind of funny. I thought we had a lot more in common. I thought maybe it stood for Magnums and uh, seven inches. Oh, but, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Uh, Alex, I'll take <laughs> things that don't go together. Magna- Magnums and seven inches. <laughs> uh, listen, dude, we have a lady in the room. Let's not talk about oh, yeah, our that. penis sizes. Yeah, that's right. When we told Aaron Is that a red guest, light or is that a green light, by the way? What is that, uh, red light or a green light? They, <laughs> they gave her a water bottle to spray us like we were that's like feral great. cats. So I okay. like that. I like that. So uh, tell us about your new website. Too. I don't know if it's new, but I know you've been growing. I think you were, you were doing it last time you were on. It's kind. Yeah. I don't know if it's a competition to uh, Reddit, but it is an alternative to Reddit. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. it's an alternative. Reddit's kind of had problems for a while. It's kind of been decaying. Uh, there's a lot of uh, moderator corruption. Well, they'll push certain uh, viewpoints and uh, delete other viewpoints. So it creates this kind of censored environment. So set is basically a response to that. So it's like the old style of Reddit with the old source code. And uh, but, you know, it's hopefully we're kind of bringing back the, the old spirit of how Reddit was like six years ago when Aaron Swartz was still around, you know, before he uh, was suicided. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He was one of the three main founders of Reddit and uh, they bought the other ones off. But he was uh, found <laughs> hanging from a doorknob in oh like, oh, my God. Now, yeah. do you guys have an app for this website yet? Uh, it's we're actually developing it right now. It should hopefully come out in a week or two. And uh, and we're going to keep refining it and making it better. So, yeah, pretty soon uh, we should come out with the Android app and then the uh, iOS app will probably come out in a couple months. Why Android first? Is it just a cheaper to do yeah, that? Well, yeah, it's easier to develop, and our our developer we have is used to working with Android stuff, but we did it in this program called Xamarin, which does both, actually, so it's real kind of easy for us to spit out both, but you got to, like, you know, get it in the store, and there's all this approval process, so it kind of takes a while, so we're doing Android first. Can uh, Can I buy $20 worth of stock in this company? (laughs) <laughs> no, we should we should have stuff. Yeah, we should do a little uh, private offering. And, yeah, uh, let me get in on that, dude. <laughs> I want to be. Do you guys know if you would have done? You know, I don't know where you live, and we're not gonna disclose that at this point. But wherever you live, do you, do they have those? Well, those birds are those called birds? Those skateboard things? Oh yeah, those little electric uh, scooters. Yeah, little like. Well, you know, if you would have gone there and just been like, "Hey, can I can I sweep the floor?" They would give you stock. And now 
It's they got four hundred million dollars in uh in capital cash to build the thing all over the world. Uh, yeah. There's a janitor out there going, "Yeah, dog, you're making cash." (laughs) It probably happened at some of the tech companies too during the first tech boom. Hey, if you have a if you're a tech company, you need a janitor. Hit me up, dude. I will (laughs) janitor for fucking stock. So, uh, I listened to your episode. To be honest with you, I don't listen to a lot of any kind of podcast outside of a couple sports ones. Uh, yeah. I should listen to my friend's podcast a little bit more. I listen to everybody's here and there. You know, Ryan will be like, oh, you got to check out this episode. It's really good. And, you know, today I was listening to your your appearance on Greg Carwood's podcast. And, you know, it's one of my favorites. And, uh, wow, wow thanks, a thanks. lot of great information coming out on that. And one of the topics that you touched on was the uh, Black Cube special uh, intelligence agency a private agency and right and and all that stuff uh what a interesting world we weave so why don't we get into yeah, it yeah. Uh, for those who don't know uh ryan you got you want to kick us off with a little stuff and then no, we'll get into let's it let's definitely start there that's a great starting point let's unpack it all uh for those yeah. who don't know go ahead and let it lay it all out for him what is the black cube uh, i mean so, the best, it's creative correct yeah, so Black Cube is uh, it's a company that was started in uh, 2010. So it's a pretty recent company, but it's all uh, former uh, Israeli intelligence uh, operatives, basically. And they've only got like 100 or so employees, but it's, it's a very powerful company. And the reason it came up in the first place was we were talking about all these uh, kind of coincidental uh, suicides uh, that may not have been suicides, and one of which was Anthony Bourdain that we were focused on for a while. And uh, part of that, we were talking about Asia Argento is his uh, girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, uh, who was caught you know, cheating in Italy with some other guy. And they were saying that was maybe the reason that uh, Bourdain killed himself. But, um, but anyways, uh, Harvey Weinstein, who Asia Argento was, was one of the first accusers of this whole Me Too thing, uh, Harvey Weinstein hired Black Cube to defend him. And that's kind of where we started talking about this. So, so um, yeah, yeah. Let, let's. So it's very interesting how much of this. It's such a deep, deep world of like, you know. I mean, like, let's just look into this whole Me Too movement. It's like there's so much, it's so honorable. Like, what, like, hey man, we got to make it so women can come to work and not get sexually harassed after we just did a Magnum joke with our our, our soundboard <laughs> yeah. lady. But after that, right. Uh, I, I mean, we, we all go, okay, that's an honorable thing. Like, we should have a place where women can come to work and not have to get, you know, hit on constantly. And then, you know, it starts off as, like, the, the, you know, the, the, the uh, grabber by the pussy kind of launches this movement, right? And this notion that guys think they can just grab girls by the crotches and women have to put up with it. And then we find out that that video is put out by Matt Lawler, and we talked about this on past episodes. Matt Lawler puts that out and finds out he has a rape desk where he has a button he can just push and doesn't allow women to leave his room. I mean, and now with this Asia thing, that's just, to me, insanity. You know, you guys kind of talked about it on Greg's podcast about, like, how much at at the highest elite levels, how much sexual deviance this is. I I do want to do an episode called Cuckapalooza, right? Where (laughs) we just kind of get into, like, how many kids – of famous people that they're that's probably not their dad 
It's most likely not their dad. Mm. And that they're all just kind of just all just everybody at that highest level is kind of like the town bike and everybody's riding them and whoever gets stuck with, you know, and then you got to force this lie out. And it's so we get to Asia and it turns out she's shady. You know, like yeah, she's just got this shit. last week. It came out. Yeah, she's she was abusing some like 17 year old guy. And then they settled out of court for like three hundred and eighty thousand dollars. But she was like the spearhead of the Me Too thing or one of the spearheads. And then now she's done the same thing that she is trying to accuse Weinstein of, basically. Uh, yeah, it's so and- interesting. Right. And it's just like it's not even that she just had sex with a 17 year old boy, because if if that was it. I think we'd all be like, okay, dude. I mean, I remember when I was 17, if a 35-year-old woman wanted me to hit it, I would, I would have knocked it out of the park because I'm a champion, right? <laughs> but but you look at, like, her timeline. Like, this woman's been stalking this kid for, like, ever. For, like, ever. Like, had him in movies, done all this stuff. Like, there's some pictures of him when he's, like, really young. And she's like, boo, I love you, boo. And then somebody mm-hmm. found a video of her, like, she found these she was like filming little girls in the pool and they must've been preteens. Cause some of them didn't even have it. And this is all on Instagram and, and they're super young. And it says, I see you baby shaking that ass. And you're like, yeah. and we got this thing in this country where it's very hard for us to see females as predators. But I think this whole me too movement and the quote grabber by the pussy is now making it creeps or creeps. It, it, we're now finding out with this. Doesn't matter if you got X or Y chromosome, that well, shit oh, well, goes across. Well, you know? and especially like with women where they're like constantly fighting off men trying to get, hook up with them and the notion they want to hook up with somebody and then society saying you can't do it. They're like, what? What did I? You know, you every single hot teacher that gets arrested. They have the same mugshot. Like, what did I do? What did I do? What? What did I do? Did I do something yeah. wrong? You're like, cause yeah. the life has always been like, Oh yeah, let's hook up. Everybody wants to hook up with yeah. me. It's a very right. interesting run. So yeah. this brings us back to the black cube where they, you, you know, uh, Harvey Weinstein uses this black cube group, which is like former Israeli Mossad intelligence. Yeah. And to know right. about that, uh, I really looked into what the, I like to find out what these companies like who's on their international advisory board. Those boring right. things that you look at, like in the foyer of like some building, you look at those <laughs> right. names and you'll be like, oh, what? So I'm just going to give you a, this is a good place to start because here's a few sinister knuckleheads to begin with. One, he's now dead. He died in 2016, but still good to mention. His name is Mir Dagan. He's a former head of Mossad, and he was the honorary president of the board. So for those who don't know what Mossad is, that's the CIA for Israeli. That's, there's no yep. more deep state than that. So that's starting out. Then we got Major General. Uh, I'm going to butcher all these because they're very much. But Giora Eland, he's a former head of the Israeli National Security Council. So we're now doubled up. Lieutenant, yep. Lieutenant Colonel Ify Hamley, former head of Unit FO4. It's an Israeli Special Forces. We got Dorian Alberi, former director of Israeli Tax Authority. Yep, no, that's no, a weird one. No joke here. How awesome of a tax guy are you that you're in charge of <laughs> Israel's tax. taxes? All right, yeah. so that's <laughs> the fucking... Right now, Ari Shafir, his like Jew antenna just started vibrating yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. He's like, what, what? Yeah, so well, it's like, you know, a few years ago, they talked about like the IRS going after like Obama's political opponents or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. I got to imagine, what is this guy doing? You know, like... Oh, for sure, then, dude. <laughs> this is the one that caught my head, my attention. His name is Paul uh, Rainers, uh, former partner of Price Waterhouse. 
Price Waterhouse is uh, it's money magic firm based out of London, which we know about London, Sam. It's a network of firms in 158 countries, 743 locations with 236,000 people globally. Think vampires, but instead of money, we're talking instead of blood, we're thinking money. Oh, well, maybe a little bit of both. Oh, my God. So this is the type of people they got. And, of course, a member of Microsoft's customer advisory board because you can't do anything without Bing being involved. Yep. Yep. And, oh, and, Bing? Yeah. You don't Bing things, man? I don't Bing things. <laughs> we're bringing it back, dude. We're bringing it back. What is Bing? Bing.com? Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah. Google's competition that isn't really its competition at all. This is our, like, hidden little Bing commercial that we're oh. going to send you guys- Bing. Brought to you by Bing. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is the who's who of, like, deep. Yeah, to round it off, former Israeli police commissioner himself. Yeah. So what the fuck? What countries? Like, like the head head of the police, head of the tax, head of national security, head head of secret service, head of uh, intelligence. Like, these are all in the same organization. Like, that's weird. Unbelievable. That's why it's important not just to say Israelis, like, you know, you got to really find out that they actually are Israeli as Mossad as it gets, you know. We've done stuff on the Black Cube, but why don't you give us a little bit of the symbolic meaning of the Black Cube? Yeah, let's talk about that. That's something actually you mentioned, Sam, on the when I was here last time. You went on a little rant about Black Cube, and it kind of got me interested in thinking about this subject more. Oh, I did that? So, yeah. yeah. Dude, I so, love influencing the people who influence me. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all over the place. I mean, my first thought is uh, the Islam religion. You know, they all do the, the pilgrimage, the Hajj. Which just they, happened just a little while ago, I believe. Right, like, like with last week, I think. Yeah. I, I think I would have actually been on when it was happening had I been on last week. Yeah, that's uh, so but, interesting. Yeah, it's like it's just like a black box, like a room, and everybody goes in Mecca, in the center of Mecca, and walks around this thing. I'm sure everyone's seen pictures of Isn't it. Isn't it just, like eight times counterclockwise? Like it's yes, a certain it, way you go, right. and, you know? Yeah. Right, and then you can stay in a, a Bin Laden-owned hotel right next to it because they they've bought out this whole pilgrimage thing and commoditized it. And it's all the Bin Laden group owns it. Now, is this in Mecca? Yeah, this is Mecca. That, so yeah. Mecca is where this cube is. It's there all year round. But once once a year, as a Muslim, you're supposed to make a pilgrim to Mecca to show love to the black cube, which supposedly the rumor is uh, that there's actually an uh, asteroid in there or like some kind of <laughs> something inside this thing. <laughs> I've looked at pictures and it's just like it's like a two story thing and there's like a downstairs room and an upstairs room and i guess i don't know people probably hang out in there while the hodge is going on and feel important about themselves or something i don't know oh look at that oh wow yeah wow uh, right now ryan's pulled up a couple google and it's kind of <laughs> got like an like a little room it's like almost yeah. it's you know what that looks like when you ever go to the hard rock casino in vegas and you get like your own little like cabana that's what this looks like. It looks like a cabana in Mecca where the really rich guys hang out and everybody parties around them, right? Yeah, it's like a little 200 square foot, like two story room. Yeah. Yeah. And there's supposedly yeah. some, some, and the rule is with Mecca, and I don't know if it's only during this time or all time that only Muslims are allowed to go to Mecca. Totally, yeah. yeah. In fact, if you're in Saudi Arabia and you drive down the highway, there are certain exits that say Muslims only can take this exit, this highway exit. 
because it goes into Mecca areas. Oh, that's oh, is that it? That's where it yeah. is. Yeah. So yeah. The, the corner yeah. of the actual Kaaba, it's called the Kaaba stone. That's what this black cube is called in okay. Islamic faith. At the corner of it, it houses what looks like a space vagina. It's like metal, yeah, yeah, and in the yeah, center there yeah, is yeah. a broken piece. I believe it's now broken into seven pieces. In I, I think it was the nineteen, like actually the nine hundreds is when there was some sort of invading forces. They got the stone and they broke it up. The reason this stone is super important is supposed to come around the time when Adam and Eve were around and this fell from the sky. So no one ever really tells you that the Islamic faith is based off of a space rock that they worship. Oh, that's that's interesting. That is crazy, right? (laughs) I didn't know that. And then it ties back to the color black and gold. These are and the cube itself. This is tied to Saturn worship. Right. So, yeah. So that's and, another thing. The planet of Saturn, if you look at it on the top of the planet, it has a hexagon. It's a very odd atmospheric formation, but it's kind of like the North Pole of Saturn. But it's the wind vortices work out in a way where you, you end up with a black hexagon on the very top of Saturn. And if you view a cube on its corner straight on, it, it appears as a hexagon. <laughs> so, I'm glad we spent you to, made you go down further uh, rabbit holes. Well, <laughs> well it's very then, it, they all like kind of somewhat like go all the all the major religions go back to the black cube in a weird yeah. way, right? Well, I've, yeah, I've heard the Christian cross can be re- represented as an unfolded cube. Yes, um, that's a bit like a, there's a Dolly painting called Tesseract where he paints the cube is like a hypercube, uh, paints the cross as uh, Jesus being crucified on a hypercube. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, wow. yeah, so there's there's the kind of, yeah so there's the and then um, the cube uh, it's I mean the the cube has six sides and there's a lot of influence in the number six and Israeli imagery or in uh, sorry Jewish imagery uh, like the Star of David is a six pointed star and um, there's six kind of is a recurring theme in a lot of uh, uh, Jewish religious texts and stuff so so you've got you've got the original Jewish and the the Christianity and Islam later all kind of referencing this black cube in a way. Oh, wow, dude. I never even knew that. I've always oh, really? heard it, but I never knew that how that worked. And then we just pulled up a diagram of basically how the star David fits into the black cube. Wow. Oh, and then you had that one up top. Yep. Look at that, dude. Interesting. Coincidental or? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think yeah. anything. I mean, it could be like someone came up with these explanations later and kind of like applied them backward to explain the past. But, I, you know, it's probably a little of both, honestly. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. So uh, the black cube sat in the black box. Uh, tell us a little yeah, bit but, about. Yeah. Go on. Go black, on box is, black box is a good phrase, too. I think black cube, it, it brings to mind a black box. And in engineering, a black box is a thing where you don't know what's going on inside. You don't know how it works. You just know the inputs and the outputs. And that what goes on inside is a mystery. It's almost that, like, let's make a deal, right? Like, what's behind in the black box? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like. It kind of implies that the company does things for you. You you give it money, or, and it does outputs, but you don't need to know what's really going on inside. Oh yeah, dude, this you don't is need some to know the internal Ray Donovan shit right here, dude. This is straight up Ray Donovan, dude. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna get you done. How I get done, don't worry about it. Just know it's gonna get done. It's also like, what are we yep. gonna name our security firm? I don't know, something super sinister. Yeah, oh, I got yeah. an idea. Like and weird. And I mean, if you search Black Cube. 
like on Google, Google, you get like a million other things, you know, so it's a very like well hidden kind of name, kind of like alphabet for Google. Like there's not there's so many uses of the word alphabet, like it's almost hard to search for it. That's so interesting. So it's a private company. Tell us a little bit about the company. Yeah, so the company uh, works in Tel Aviv. That's their main Israel headquarters. And then they uh, are in London and Paris as well. And Paris is where Anthony Bourdain died. Um, uh, so they've got, like we said, we have former intelligence from Mossad, but they've also got people from Amman, which is the military's intelligence body, which was formed in 1950 and Mossad was formed in 1949. So let me and ask then, what do you mean military intelligence body of what? Of Israel or just in general? Yeah. Of the military of Israel. It's the wow. intelligence of the military of Israel. Yeah. Wow. And then thirdly, there's another uh, Israeli intelligence agency called uh, Shin Bet, which is also called Shabak, which is what the how they pronounce the acronym in Hebrew, I guess. Uh, but Shabak is called the Unseen Shield, and it's Israel's internal security service. And it's kind of like a secret security or secret service kind of uh, organization. But that was founded in 1949 as well. So you got the Mossad and Shinbet in 49, and then Oman in 50. So all these were just set up like within two years of each other. And Holy then, shit, man. So the Black Cube's always been around for only eight years? Yeah, Black Cube was 2010 is when it was founded. So it's it's brand new, but it's, you know, it's it's full of these people. It's I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a shell company, like FBI and stuff will create these companies, like front companies, and then do stuff with them, and then that company becomes discredited, and then they just close down the company, and everybody, like, moves to a different company or whatever. Yeah, so, think about Blackwater. Just change the name, rebrand. Exactly, yeah, XE and then Academy. They rename themselves. And yeah, I think Black Box is probably just, it's just a front company and they're going to do a bunch of dirty shit with it and then they'll shut it down like five, ten years from now and then pretend like nothing happened. Oh my God. And call it something completely opposite like White Globe. Yeah, this is complete cloak <laughs> yeah. and dagger shit, dude. Cloak and dagger shit. Well, it's oh. just like Monsanto. I mean, they start it starts coming out in all these courts that their you know, glyphosate is cancerous and then all of a sudden they merge with Bayer and retire the Monsanto name, oh. so now everything's just Bayer. And I love that Bayer is the only chemical company that's still around that actually worked with Nazi Germany. They actually <laughs> produced Cyclone B. They made the gas that gas during the final solution. It's unbelievable wow. how wow. money and power allows you not to deal with the ramifications of your actions. Right? Bayer yeah, invented true. heroin, which is another episode coming down the way. We just got to find the right uh, ex-heroin rock and roll guy <laughs> hanging around Hollywood. Yeah, yeah that's interesting because I used to give heroin in hospitals. Heroin's a brand name made mm -hmm. by Bayer. And then they it became an illegal drug, and now they use morphine, which is just an analogous compound but slightly modified. But morphine is legal, and they use it in hospitals all the time. But then heroin, which is basically an analogous drug that was 50 years earlier, is now, like, super illegal. Oh, uh, my God. Oxycontin? Now we got fentanyl. Just uh, always, yeah. Are always they the same thing, though, dude? Just hyper – just you just amp it but up. I thought fentanyl, you take the small spit, you're dead. Like, it's just yes. a killed machine. Fentanyl's like yeah. dabs. For, for dabs for death <laughs> yeah that's yeah, more like poison mm -hmm. so eight 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 just eight okay i have you some of your notes black cube's main business is basically yeah they call it litigation support which is like <laughs> basically it's a, they help court trials go in certain ways you know and that can mean a whole lot of things oh yeah so <laughs> 
Uh, and obviously they take probably the most liberal definition of that they can. So, uh, yeah, it says they provide intelligence, ev evidence, and advisory services in multi-jurisdictional, a.k.a. global, legal and criminal cases. So, and they have a policy to, like, never talk about anything, basically. <laughs> like, they have an in-company policy that they've stated that we just don't disclose any information unless we have to, but we quote-unquote, you know, operate inside the law within all jurisdictions we operate in. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's, you know. Oh, my. Yeah, and I, I love the largest shareholder of this. Is also happens to be one of the largest shareholders of something that we've recently talked about, which is Cambridge Analytica. Oh, yeah. really? Want to yeah, tell so, us about Well, yeah, so one of their big customers is this guy, Vincent Chungwiz, TCH. Uh, E-N-G-U-I-Z. Vincent Chungwiz is the largest holder of Cambridge Analytica, yeah, which was Trump's, like, PR or propaganda internet machine, basically. That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spammed 4chan and spammed Reddit and uh, Facebook and everything. I mean, uh, Hillary had Share, Share Blue and uh, and Trump had Cambridge Analytica. They're just two sides of the same coin. But it's, it's you know, these giant farms of people posting on the internet pretending to be real people or having 50 accounts each and pretending to be real people, and they can create the appearance of consensus in a crowd when there isn't any and that's they sway people they basically they basically specialize in astroturfing right basically yeah. making yeah, it exactly. seem like this is a, a grassroots movement when it is not at all it's Precisely. so diabolical and I, like yeah. i believe in my heart to heart that social media was simply created to in fact do that to in fact create fake fucking movements whether it's positive for business or outrage get people's shift focus done on purpose because when you look into facebook twitter almost any other these huge huge uh websites of social media there is a dark hand involved a dark arts deep state whether it's cia or fbi that that help create this stuff and it's so yeah. interesting to me and you could make the same argument about television and radio For and sure. other mass communication. I mean, it, a lot of them actually, maybe you could say at first, kind of start opening people's eyes. And then, like, the people in power start realizing, like, hey, this is, like, showing people stuff we don't want them to be shown. And then they, like, kind of harness it in. And then they've got it reined in real tight for a few decades, and then a new technology comes out, and they have to like start the process over again. So I kind of personally feel like they've just really figured out how to game the internet in the last like ten or fifteen years. They've just really started being like, oh, we can actually just like completely take over message boards and stuff whenever we want. And, oh well, uh, the last two years there's been an effort to control it even more. Yeah, like, yeah. But the election was nuts. The 2016 election, the internet became a madhouse because of these fucking organizations, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I mean, the government, ridiculous. the U.S. government passed a uh, propaganda bill that allowed them to use propaganda. So literally, I, I would tell you over the last two years, we have seen a movement to, you know, when Alex Jones calls it the info war and I'm not an Alex Jones guy, he can do his own thing. It's, it's yeah. not my thing, um, you know, but when he calls it info war, I mean, he was so ahead of the time on that because yeah. it is literally an information war. Um, I, it's completely true. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you control what the people believe, then you control what they do. And it's, it's just as simple as that. I mean, if people believe in the idea of like America's the best country ever, then they will defend a war. If we get attacked, it's like that kind of thing. It's all about priming people's mindsets to be in the right kind of context. So when something does happen, the populace is already known to probably react in the way they want 
people to react. So yeah, it's it's just like a honing system. It's like you're training the the herd. If you're one of these billionaire guys, I mean, that's basically the effect of the media. And yeah. then you're someone like Jeff Bezos, and you just buy like the Washington Post, and then you can just print, you know, pro and make a deal propaganda. with the CIA. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, like you make a. Do you guys think that they paid him six hundred million dollars to uh, basically control? the uh washington post or do you think it had something to do with him creating uh alexa and just putting in everybody's houses like that famous uh meme that went around where it's like in the 1950s like hey don't talk about that the government's probably wiretapping our phone to today hey dear what hey wiretap give me a recipe for spaghetti right you know <laughs> yeah I was thinking yeah. we should probably start podcasting with Alexa. Like, just bring her in as our third person. That's hilarious, dude. And we'll just to ask her a million questions. We should totally do that, That's one dude. Ideas. That's we we'll get one and we'll make Alexa the third person on our podcast. But um, uh, and they also realize they they've studied people so much that they realize like with within this show, right? We uh we we are constantly having debates. By we, I mean me, having constantly debates with people who believe none of this. And no matter how much information I bring, they don't want to believe it because their sources will never tell them all this stuff. And what they've realized is these people can get when people research something that they don't want to believe in, they're actually looking for reasons not to believe it than actual looking for any information to believe it. So yeah. when, when you go to a website, it will literally say in the title of the fucking article, debunked, blah, 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 conspiracy does not true. And nobody reads it. They're just, they get <laughs> the information they want from that title. And they're like, look, dude, look at yeah. this. Fucking Time Magazine says that Q's full of shit, regardless of what you think of Q. He says it's been debunked and it's not real. Or like Pedogay. It's been debunked, dude. Look at this article. It says debunked fucking Pedogay. Doesn't make any sense. And they don't even yeah. read the article or look for anything that might say this is real. Yeah. 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 It's confirmation bias. So rampant, and then yeah. everybody's looking. Everybody's looking for uh, Russians when it's basically come <laughs> out. This Cambridge Analytic guys were even way worse than anything we thought Russia was doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and everyone just kind of turns a blind eye. I mean, it just it just really shows how well the media can control people's outrage. Not everyone, but like a lot of people, like really just buy whatever the news media puts out, and they don't think like this is a corporation trying to influence me to behave certain ways. And like, you know, it's hard to step outside that context. Like I was just having this discussion, the local news, whenever you watch it, they what they spend time focusing on shows you what they think you think their priorities should be like they're trying to tell you this is important by spending 10 minutes on it. And this yeah. is not important by only spending 30 seconds on it. Yeah. But they they just completely gloss over important stories as if they're nothing. And then they spend like very long amounts of time focusing on nonsense, like just trivial nonsense. And it's it's amazing to me how many people like don't put that together and just step back and be like, hey, this is not in proportion. Like this is trying to influence. It's kind of a subtle way to influence people because you're not like telling them anything or denying them anything. You're just it's all about the amount of time you spend on everything. Like where's your focus at? I, I saw a got, guy wearing a hat that made me think of our topic today. Uh, he was wearing a hat that said make Orwell fiction again. Oh, that's a <laughs> great that, yeah. hat, dude. And you know, it, it, it and what happens is you see this happen so much that they ignore a story for so long. And then it gets so big on the internet that they have to acknowledge it or else the facade of that there's a real news agency completely crashes and burns. 
Oh, right, yeah. exactly. And, yeah. you know, with the shooting in Jacksonville, and, this, and we'll get back to Black Cube, um, you know, it's just like we've been doing stories on false flags forever. And, I, you know, false flag versus hoax. Hoax, nobody dies. False flag, somebody, 100 people, 100% die. But once again, what's going on in there during this fucking shooting? What's going on? Drills. A drill is going on. The local yeah. news acknowledges a drill going on. And you're like, okay, it by itself doesn't mean anything when every single time these high-impact events happen in the news, there's a fucking drill going on. That's a sign of something. Or in yeah. the, the closed-circuit televisions won't work, all the, the cameras, the ATMs nearby, because, you know, that's how it happens, too. They happen to go down. There's a little glitch in the system at the exact same time. So we have a... Uh, well, go on, sir. Well, Sorry. Uh, this is like that goddamn New, New Mexico compound where they found the, those people training those kids to be like school shooters for Islam, like in New Mexico. We've been and waiting like, for someone to mention this because if we talk about it, we, we wear, already wear tinfoil hats. So <laughs> yeah. go on, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Well, yeah, so like... The, they, the people get arrested, and then the judge just lets them off with, like, basically no bail. It's like $20,000 bail, but it's a special kind of bail they don't have to pay till later. So it was literally zero bail. So yeah. the, guy gets, the guy gets out zero bail. They found a, a child skeleton in the tunnels underneath this compound. His kid. Like, clearly, like, children had – some kid had died, and they'd, like, hidden him down there. And then – and then they let the guys out, and then they bulldoze the entire place, destroy all the evidence, like, three days later, and the judge lets them off, and then, like, like that's it. And then the news media just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, like, oh, this happened. Okay, on to the next story. It's like, no, dude, like, there's, like, a fucking ISIS training compound in New Mexico that was covered by the FBI. The local police had to go over the heads of the FBI because the FBI was ignoring them. So they had to, like, go over the heads of the FBI and talk to some other federal agency who finally gave a shit. And then, like, it just all gets kind of paved over and disappears overnight. And then the news media just is like, ah, you know. Moving right along. That's yeah. all they're fucking doing. You know, it's like, you but you remember Boko Haram when they kidnapped all those kids in, like, Africa or whatever? The media wouldn't shut up about that for, like, months. And it was terrible. Yeah. But dude. it's like, this is just as bad. But it's in the United States. And it's like, how is this not like the story of the year? I mean, well, this should be like huge, but well, it's it's just passing. It's talked about in passing. It's so ridiculous. You know what? What would have changed that story if those kids were transsexual? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Keeping trans kids. In. Um, what about? And we'll get back to the black cube. But what about the information that just came out that uh, the wife of Stephen Paddock was basically? It's been. She applied for a loan, and she put down her employer was the FBI. Oh, wow. Out of Florida. Maybe that's one of those goofs, wow. like when you Venmo people money and you say for a BJ, and it's like really to your like your brother, you know? But do you, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, like, that's very specific, dude. That's very specific, you know? If I'm busted for uh, hiring gay hookers, you know, and then you're like, oh, he always says, like, that's a little weary then. Straight dude, you know, asking for jokingly beat. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm it's, yeah, you. I know what you're saying. I heard yeah. this story yesterday. They found two tons of cocaine, uh, and it had a United Russia logo on the cocaine. And I'm like, who ships two tons of cocaine with their goddamn logo Ooh. on the cocaine? Oh. Like, that seems like a either a setup to me. Like, they're trying to take down the the people who they put the logo in, or maybe just those guys are just that 
confident that they just like need to put the I don't know. But or I'm that thing it. is meant to get caught, and then everyone's like, "Look, it says it's Russia, Russia. <laughs> again." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, and then dumb yeah. people just run with that. Look, dude, they're shipping cocaine. And they're trying to get the government by the top. You know, yeah. it's like. And when, meanwhile, it's actually like the CIA. Yeah, the the, the, the <laughs> you know what they tried to do for like two seconds, and it was so outrageous. Everyone's like. I, it's like when they're like, the Russians are funding the NRA guys. They're funding them. They're <laughs> sending them money to so that you don't want to give up guns. You're like, that's the most bizarro thing I've ever heard in my fu- Why would a country that has problems with us want our, govern- our, our population to be able to keep their guns? It logically makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's there's just I, it, there's so much freaking out about this Russia stuff. It's I feel like we're living through McCarthyism again, but this time it's the Democrats instead of the Republicans. This is the left's version of 9/11. This really is. This is the left's version of fucking weapons of mass destruction where the right. the right bought into chemical weapon and the fucking nukes in fucking Iraq and we're all behind war. Now the left is buying they and it, you know, and you could go, "Okay, you know, 9-11 hits. There's an emotional response to that. I can respect that people are like, we need, we need answers. We want blood. There's, in a weird way, you can understand the emotional effect of that. This right. Russian thing is just straight up simply, they are sore losers. You know, yeah. they are sore yeah. losers. And they can't even, and when you bring up the primary, which she's so obviously fucking rigged, right. they have no answer for that. Right. Or or the fact that, you know, like Qatar funded like 20 percent of Hillary's campaign. Like, where's the outrage about that? That's yeah. just like the Russia thing. It's like so yeah. ridiculous. So insane. It's obviously a political ploy. And the longer it goes on, I think more people are like, hey, this actually doesn't make all that much sense. And I mean, there is a little nugget of something there, but it's like talking about it as if it's exclusively Trump and Russia. And it's not like some widespread problem that's been going on for 30 years with like hundreds of countries like it's it's not like this is like a new thing. Like it's just like a continuation of this path that we've been on for a long time. I'm glad people are waking up to that, but like direct as acting as if it's all Trump's fault is just ridiculous. Dude, if you go to a pig farm, you're gonna find pig shit. Okay? So it's just a fact. <laughs> so if you're gonna go to Washington DC looking for corruption, throw a cat, hit somebody, that's a corrupt person. So this yeah. stuff that they're getting on Manafort, it's all about when he worked with the Podesta group, okay? And this stuff about fucking Cohen, it's all fucking it's all tax evasion. His lawyer, this Laney Davis guy, right, is a fucking registered foreign uh uh foreign agent for the Ukrainian government who works with who <laughs> Hillary Clinton. I mean, like, dude, it's like if you do the actual well, I mean, research, you want to talk about foreign influence. We have like 35 congressmen that have dual citizenship. I don't know how that's legal, dude. I have no clue how that's legal. <laughs> and it's all to the same country and it's not Russia. And I can't go to Canada <laughs> because I, I'm, you know, I earned my DUI. It's shit. ridiculous. <laughs> Let's get back into the black yeah. cube. Uh, anyway, so Romania. Yeah, Let's get cube. into Romania. What did they do in Romania? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So in Romania, did you uh, have more? Hold on. Did you have more on Cambridge Analytics? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go I on. want to say more on yeah, uh, go, Vincent go, go. as well. Go, Vincent, go, go. the Sorry major about shareholder. That. Yeah, so he's got like a 130-foot yacht named Veni Vidi Vici, which means I came, I saw, I conquered, which is uh, very uh, <laughs> egotistical. His family also owns a building with outdated fireproofing. Uh, you remember the 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 London Grenfell Tower fire? It killed 72 people last yeah. year. Yeah, he uh, owns that? 
No, he doesn't own that, but he owns a building that is exactly like that with the same fireproof cladding that isn't being replaced. Oh, and, and he and he my, refuses to replace it. And he also tried to make the tenants pay for the replacement cost by, like, suing the tenants. Oh, so, guy's and, a real piece of work. And what about and the he, fact that everybody in that tower that went down was told to go back inside? Oh, really? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was a very famous case. They were, t- they were go back inside, don't worry, well, the place is fucking burning, dude. They wanted Damn. to clean out that area, dude. That's how prim and proper the British are. Like, rot, rot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a, follow a, the rules, even if it's on fire. It's a little hot. Unbelievable. Yeah, but this guy, so this Vincent Chungwa's guy, he's Iranian-born, London businessman, and then he also had a, allegedly had a role of collapsing the Icelandic bank cap thing, which was a uh, nationalized to the Icelandic government during the banking crisis of 2008. So he, he for somehow he got a big enough foothold in Icelandic banking that he was like playing a role in bringing those down too. Um, so in 2011, one year comf- one year after it was founded, uh, Vincent hired Black Cube. Um, they uh, it, it basically they uh, tried to, Vincent tried to uh, do a lawsuit and it ended up failing. And then uh, Black Cube sued Vincent for not paying his bills, and then Vincent sued Black Cube for overcharging him. Uh, and then their countersuits like balanced each other out, and then they settled out of court for uh, undisclosed details. Dude, you have to have balls to sue Black Cube. Yeah, Black Cube <laughs> sued him in London, and then he countersued them in Israel, which was interesting. Well, it's like how this—it's like how the Church of Scientology made the IRS back down. That's balls. That is balls. <laughs> yeah. Operation yeah, Snow that's White. Crazy. Oh but, my God! Yeah. So this guy, this is the the main shareholder of Cambridge Analytica. This Vincent Chungwiz. So that's that's him. Yeah, people don't realize yeah. that they were bragging about they've been influencing uh, elections for like thirty years or something like that. They like yep. take pride in it, and it's and just, then yeah, and then for, furthermore, so an ex Cambridge Analytica employee just came out in March of this year and said that Cambridge Analytica had hired Black Cube directly. And Black Cube and Cambridge Analytica both denied it in front of the British Parliament when they were called to task. But um, yeah, was this before or after they sued each other? <laughs> I think it was later. I guess yeah, it would have been after. <laughs> you know, it's like when area everyone's like Area Fifty One. It's a fuck seek blah blah blah. I'm like, I, I, I'm like they sued the U.S. government. People are like, no, they didn't. And then you go, you're like, yeah, this made up area that forever people denied existed. The employees sued the U.S. government. It's so hey fucking interesting, dude. Yeah, that, that reminds me of like uh, there was a court case that found that uh, the government, in fact, did kill um, Martin Luther King Jr. They actually had a court case and ruled that way. Almost nobody knows that. What? Like, it's, oh, we're yeah. bringing you back for that one. We're bringing you yeah, back. The F- yeah, the FBI did it. And they, they, they were sending him blackmailing notes trying to convince him his wife was cheating on him. And they were trying to like make goad him into suicide, basically. And and uh yeah, and then once he was killed, basically they found the FBI did it. I mean, it was kind of known in the in the like conspiracy communities or whatever. But yeah, it it was found in a court of law. That is. Does it ever fuck. creep you out looking into Black Cube? Because I know, uh, oh, I hang out on the Central Intelligence Agency's website like all the time. So. You really do do that. That's the weird thing. <laughs> I, I love showing Sam that, and he's like, "You're doing that for my IP address? So only from Sam's." But um, let me borrow your computer real quick. How is your level of paranoia since you've been digging into this? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a fun thing to look into, but you know, I'm just taking solace in the fact I'm not I'm not really speculating here. I'm not like adding fuel to the fire. I'm just showing things yeah. that are already known. 
So it's just, you know, it's I'm not like creating any new narratives or pushing yeah. any crazy for, stories. I mean, this is literally just like this is what the news is for people who pay attention. Yep, dude. That's why I always do. It's like we don't break any news. We just talk about what's out there. It's the right. guys who go and like try to find the evidence to prove something. They're the ones they get in trouble and I'm not trying to make a joke about it that's literally true they they go wherever yeah. the child trafficking is and they they, they they end up the ones who are like yeah Fuck. I love these guys that have money they can like break all the rules they want because here they are they were found uh, what was it November 2017 found faking interviews if I was to like lie just at the DMV you know hold on let's get in can yeah. we get in Romania yeah, exactly. real quick oh, yeah. I know you want to talk yeah, Romania sure. then we'll get into the fake news real quick mm-hmm Romania? Yeah, let's hit the Romania thing. So in Romania, in April 2016, two of the company employees were arrested in Bucharest on suspicions of spying, phishing, and cyber harassing. They were cyber harassing the chief prosecutor of the Romanian National Anti-Corruption Directorate. So the person in charge of anti-corruption measures in Romania, Black Cube was targeting this person, spying, phishing, cyber harassing this person. Two, the two employees were eventually convicted on charges of hacking and harassment by the Romanian government. After sentencing, the company reached an understanding with the Romanian authorities, and the two employees were magically released and returned to Israel after a few months. Where else have we heard this? The uh, (laughs) Israeli art students, right? 40 of them are arrested. They're all fucking released and put on planes and sent back. How badass do you have to be to be released from Vlad the Imperator's homeland? This is like Dracula comes from Romania. Bucharest, dude. Yeah, Transylvania, yeah. Yeah, Jason Bourne couldn't get out of that shit. That's fucking (laughs) crazy, dude. I just, I got to wonder what kind of understanding they came to. Like, what exactly happened there? That's so like, interesting. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tr- completely try to fake some black cube credentials. No! And just try to walk into like every place in L.A. Just like just flash real quick. Black cube. What's I up? don't know you. you. You, I do not know you, even though we are on the same podcast. I don't know who you are. So they they don't play by the rules, right? They like to uh, fake interviews uh, to gain information on people. Right. Right, yeah, so this is another thing they got caught doing. In November 2017, Black Cube set up a fake recruitment firm, and they flew employees and former employees of a hedge fund company to London for fake job interviews. Like, they had a fake conference for hedge fund people, and they invited and paid for former hedge fund workers to come to the conference, specifically in order to gain proprietary information about their the hedge funds they used to work for. So Black uh, New York Times released a story about this. Black Cube refused to comment. And then in New York State, uh, private investigators are required to be licensed, but the Times could not find a license for Black Cube or oh. BC Strategy, which is their current company. Oh, my God, dude. And so they don't even exist. They're just shadows. Oh, yeah, of course. Legitimate spooks. Yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. dude. And then, you know, just like the Romania thing, if something goes wrong, they've got connections where they can, you know, get those people out of jail and get them back working again. And Yeah, flash yeah. them your card. Flash them the bus pass. Them and they... <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit about the Catalyst Capital Group. Yeah, so another company, another incident, uh, Catalyst Capital Group uh, is a Toronto investment firm. Um, so the... Uh, there's also there, yeah, there's another company that's kind of like Black Cube called Psy Group, P-S-Y Group, like psychology. Psy Group is also caught pitching a media manipulation campaign. Um, but this Toronto-based investment firm, uh, Westface Capital, uh, alleges that Capital uh, Catalyst Capital hired Psy Group and Black Cube to basically get them to win this telecommunications bid. So like the government was giving out like a multi, like tens of billions of dollars 
telecommunications contract. And uh, this company, a Catalyst Capital Group, hired Black Cube to make sure they get that, win that bid. Oh my God, dude. It's like, it's just like, you got to have money to make money almost, right? Jeez. Yeah. It's just like, and there's some people that, and you wonder why they look at us like cattle, right? Because they just <laughs> know how to fucking, they play yeah. us like a guitar and they make us fucking wail. Yeah. Yeah. They realized a long time ago that, you know, with cattle, you can just build fences, but with human beings, you don't build fences. It's too obvious. You have to build ideologies. And people get trapped in their ideologies. And that's how you corral people and get them to act certain ways. Wow, dude. Wow. So they were using shady. They were defaming people. I mean, yeah. it's just so interesting, dude. Like, I, I sometimes wonder, like, who I argue with. Like, when people just come in so hard, like, on an opinion, I go, oh, this guy can't even be real. Nobody really thinks like, when they when they comment really hard on comments. Like mm-hmm. they, they're just like, oh, this is no way. This is a real person. They never have their picture up. The worst and the meanest comments are always from people who don't have pictures up. They just, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're not a real person. You're just somebody who's been paid to come in there because you know you found out. Like, I'm sure there's people whose job it is is to just go on the internet and find videos and articles in which are pushing a certain narrative in which this company doesn't want, and their job is the counter. Right. And then maybe not even with like information, but just counter by making the environment so uncomfortable that people don't want to like read the comments or go there at all. So like keeps keeps people away just because it sucks to like interact with those people, not even because they're giving out wrong information or whatever. Unbelievable. So So I want to get into your last two uh, cases you were talking about because they're both very interesting. Uh, yeah, Harvey, these are the real meat. This, this is the meat and potatoes. Okay. This is it. And uh, so. yeah, so we got a little time here. Let's uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein and Rose McGowan. I think this is the most interesting thing, uh, in particular Rose McGowan, because she is such a uh, a lightning rod when it comes to this Me Too movement. She's called right. out everybody, but yet she still walks the earth. Whereas somebody like Anthony Bourdain. Uh, you know, who's called out people is no longer with us. And we'll get into that, but yeah. I just find that very interesting. Why don't you talk about Harvey Weinstein and the Black Cube? So, yeah, um, we can kind of go over the Harvey Weinstein saga a little bit because um, there's some interesting pieces uh, with uh, Ronan Farrow. So in November 2017, Ronan Farrow, who's the son of Woody Allen and Mia is he? Farrow. Is yeah, he? so Ronan is Farrow. He? Yeah, Pulitzer Prize. Oh, is, are you saying he's not, maybe? <laughs> does he <laughs> look know. like Woody Allen, or does he look just like Frank Sinatra? Oh, that's interesting. I never heard that. You got to check out my episode coming out called Cuckapalooza. All right, go on. <laughs> go on. All right. Well, so uh, Ronan Farrell reported in the New Yorker that Harvey Weinstein hired Black Cube, and he was kind of the one to break this whole thing, and he won a Pulitzer Prize for that article. Oh, really? Yeah, he did, yeah. So and then if you remember, uh, right when the scandal broke, too, there was all these uh, articles of Woody Allen coming out being like, oh, you know, we we shouldn't this shouldn't be a witch hunt. We need to be careful not to, like, go too crazy with this. And I I just found it weird that they were like having all these Woody Allen articles, you know, him with his stepdaughter or whatever. And uh, and so but looking back, the fact that Ronan Farrell was the one who wrote the article and won the Pulitzer Prize. Now it makes sense that Woody Allen was featured so frequently in the news right as it was happening what do you think they're trying to get at him the emotionally like hit him because it's his dad or like kind of a oh you're gonna talk about this we're gonna talk about that 
Maybe, yeah. Or maybe Woody knew something about how this was going down and was trying to, like, you know, calm the waters a little bit. I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities, but it's it's interesting. It is interesting, dude. So and then, so, so, yeah, so using false identities. So people from Black Cube use false identities. Uh, you know, Har- Harvey Weinstein hired Black Cube. They used false identities. Private investigators met and started mapping out all these people that uh, might, you know, be related to this scandal. So they went after Rose McGowan was one of the key people uh, who was one of the first accusers of Weinstein as well. And uh, over the course of a year, he- uh, Weinstein had Black Cube and maybe other agencies as well quote, target or collect information on dozens of individuals and compile psychological profiles that sometimes focused on their personal or sexual histories. So basically they're trying to build like a, yeah, just a kind of standard, like, yeah, just like a real deep profile on all these people. But I mean, you listen to some of these quotes from Bourdain and, uh, this was like a month before he died or was killed. Um, he said, there are forces, this is Bourdain speaking, there are forces out there who are really fucking powerful and scary. I had dinner with Rose McGowan, and Rose is telling me, you know, these people are spying on me. People are saying they're my friends, and they're, in fact, not my friends. They're paid intelligence operatives. And I remember thinking, look, I support you all the way, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm not so sure about this. And then later, same interview. Uh, uh, this is his last interview, by the way, uh, that came out like two weeks after he had died. Um, so, uh, which yeah. gets to an Italian news agency, which is Italy is where she was caught uh, cheating. Asia Argento was caught cheating. But anyways, so Bourdain uh, also said, I've come to understand traveling around the world. I see good people crush randomly under the wheel or buy bad things all the time. As I see it happen to friends, not to be too paranoid, but I think they're doing a very effective job on Rose. I don't know when the truth is enough anymore. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. And, you know, it's just like I want we were having a discussion before the show. You had brought up, uh, listen, if you guys want to hear a wonderful discussion on this, please go to the Higher Side Chats, put in uh, Magnora 7, and yeah. uh, they, they do a wonderful discussion on this very dark subject. And, uh, you know, you were talking about how there's three different uh, similar suicides within, the re- within, like, what, four days? Yeah, three, four days, yeah. And how nobody, everybody had to be like, that's got to be weird. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like when, when, you remember when, when, um, during the election, there were all these black men shooting white cops, right? And they were all ex-military and then they just stopped. Then they just stopped. And it was all within like two weeks of each other Mm -hmm. and they haven't happened since. And it's, it's like, okay. People don't realize that there are people who, who are strong enough, powerful, and dark enough to make these things happen. And now we got right. these three people. Who One of them is uh, uh, the sister-in-law or the sister of a comedian. So I'm not going to get into her discussion. But the other two yeah. in particular, uh, we'll just focus on Bourdain. Um, they die from um, uh, hangings. But it's is it he, Ryan? You were kind of describing it earlier. It's not a classic. When we think of hanging, we think of rope and whatnot, hangman's noose. It's not that type of hanging. Could you fill it in exactly how it went down? Yeah, they're. I mean, they're all basically caught. All these people were found hanging from a doorknob, so they weren't even hanging from a high place. So, which means if they did do it themselves, they would have died by asphyxiation rather than like hanging, like breaking your neck, or you know, like actually hanging. So, so, so there, real quick, <laughs> there's no. 
There's no the 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 scarf doesn't go up in the air. Let's say over like a bathroom rod back down no. to the door. You're no. saying it is straight from neck straight. They're on, let's say basically they're on their knees and no, they're they're sitting usually. So yeah, they're just like in a sitting position on the floor, and then from their neck to the doorknob, like a foot, is all the rope. And it's, I think it would be extremely hard to kill yourself that way. I mean, at some point, you'd start to just asphyxiate and take it off. I mean, because you could just stand up at any time. Yeah, I mean, and, you would and, have to be either knocked out dead or yeah. knocked out so you couldn't struggle or yeah. something. And then, you know, there's no, no drugs in the Bourdain system, no drugs in, you know, Kate Spade's system, no drugs in the, the Dutch queen sister who died. Like, none of those people had drugs in their system, but they, you know— they apparently just sober, just had a bad day and hung themselves from a doorknob till they choked to death, which makes no sense to me. And I mean, there's even just these quotes from intelligence agencies uh, from this uh, guy Sawyer, uh, who is in a former CIA, who's saying it's like a, uh, it's a call signal, but it's a calling card uh, saying that this person was put down because they went against the cabal, basically. Oh my so, god! And is that because the so, scarves are usually red in color? Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are red, and and I mean the material like, some are with a scarf, oh, some are with like a necktie. Bourdain was with a a robe from his bathroom robe at the hotel. I mean, just I don't know. It just doesn't seem. I don't think they killed themselves. It's possible, but I think at least some of them were taken out. It has and, to be so completely insane that three high-profile people kill themselves in the exact same way in which does not make any sense. That's right. That's the shadiness. And, you know, and you guys talked about on Greg's uh, podcast about like, you know, and Greg said like, you know, basically uh, Bourdain was like JFK, like calling out everybody that you don't Mm -hmm. call out. Right. Right. Cause he did a episode on the Armenian genocide, which is like a big no, no. Let me ask you something. You had mentioned that, that you didn't think the Armenian government likes people talking about the genocide. Why would that? I mean, I'm Armenian. I have I had families involved in that. I you, think I might have misspoke. I think I meant the Azerbaijani and the Turkish government. Yeah, don't yeah, want, for the, sure. The people who sure. did it don't want to talk about course, it. The, the yeah, victims, yeah. certainly. Yeah, I think I misspoke. I had, in that I had uh, aunts and uncles that were in that whole thing. And, uh, oh. yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. I want to get into this because we're running out of little time. But uh, undermining the Iran nuclear deal. Yeah. Uh, very well, before in- we change, I got to say, oh, go into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bourdain put out a tweet that said both Trump and Weinstein used AMI, parentheses, inquirer, and Black Cube, Israeli private intel, to do their dirty work. So Bourdain specifically named Black Cube and AMI. So, And I would also like to say I'm not necessarily saying Black Cube did all this stuff. Right. But they, it's Everything's just, allegedly. And, it, yeah. and, and I mean, they just happen to be kind of be in the same places at the same time. It could be a totally different agency. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of hidden parts uh, with how this is going down. But, um, you know, I'm just looking at what what is obvious from where we sit. And you also seem to be in a very positive mind state. So you yourself don't seem to be. Uh, anywhere. Well, that's everybody. Don't We're go all close to any people. doorknobs anytime. Yeah, I, I would never. No, I'd yeah. never do anything I like wouldn't, that. And then you'd said that he, he said he would kill himself. It would be by heroin. 
So yeah, he said that in an interview. Yeah, he's like, if I was gonna go out, I I would go back to heroin, and because it's it feels awesome, and like I mean that's also how our medical system kills people with the morphine, like we we're talking about earlier. Most people go into a morphine coma or whatever are put into one as they die, and so he was just saying the same thing, but with heroin, and so, but yeah, because they're the same drug basically, but. Yeah, so I mean, it, I don't know. This was a guy who had like been to dark places before and kind of fought those demons, and I think he was strong enough to not just oh, I'm having you know a bad day. I'm gonna and uh, you know real quick, it's it, no Asia is J- Asia Aguero is that Argentina Argento Argento. I mean, just talk about bad juju. This this woman yeah. most likely was involved in something traumatic as a child. Allegedly, her father was very high up in the uh, Italian film industry wouldn't doubt mm-hmm. if it was very much like the american film industry a lot of yeah. dark art shit going on um she basically i mean like you listen to her man she's so nuts like she dates him she fools around the 17 year old he sues her bourdain comes and throws in the three hundred thousand dollars to cover the deal and then he dies and then she comes out and blames him for everything i mean oh, like, i didn't I didn't know that that, that 300000 was before he died. I just heard that recently. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that she, been... he had paid it out, and uh, she said it was his idea. And it's oh, just my God. Like, what a psycho, man. Well, you just wow. Sometimes you just never know who you're hooking up with, and this is for both yeah. men and women. So you just never, ever know, you know? It's Yeah, it's, and then Rose, Rose McGowan is going around saying that Asia and Anthony were in a, quote, open relationship or whatever, but I don't think he knew that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the problem is when you are an old man, what was he in his sixties? Yeah. I think fifties, sixties. Yeah. Yeah. And you're dating like a 30 year old, like <laughs> yeah. you're, you're dancing with the devil. Yeah. Cause most women don't want to date guys who are so much higher up, you know? I mean, some do, but it's usually the crazies yeah. and they're phenomenal. They're great and bad, but that, you know, there's some dark <laughs> arts motherfuckers, you know? And um, back to black cube, the like, they came out, uh, what's interesting, November 10th, 2017, and apologized for working with Harvey Weinstein. They actually said, like, we made a mistake. We're sorry. I'm sh- they're probably still working for him. Of course but they are, they, dude. They just came out publicly and were like, oh, we're sorry. We won't do that again. I but, love that they, they're apologizing like anyone could do anything to them. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so let's really quick get into the undermining yeah. of the Iran deal. Yeah, so the, there's an Iran nuclear peace deal. And in May 2018, so just a few months ago, Black Cube was accused of using false identities to see, seek damaging information about former Obama administration officials and help undermine the Iran nuclear deal. So as well as spying on high-ranking government officials, they also sent out emails and pretended to be U.S. government officials themselves in order to undermine the Iranian nuclear deal. So when they were first accused, they denied it. And then second, later, they obfuscated it. And then finally, they later admitted it once the evidence was overwhelming. Unbelievable, dude. So, yeah. And they they were compiling background information of of, uh, several high-profile negotiators, including these guys Rhodes and Call. And, uh, you know, had their information, their addresses, family numbers, makes of their cars, etc., And then uh, Black Cube agents were instructed to find damaging information about them, uh, including unsubstantiated claims that they had uh, worked closely with Iranian lobbyists before. So they were trying to, like, paint them as biased, basically. 
and uh, were personally enriched their policy work in Iran, which they denied. So basically, they're trying to like undermine this yeah. nuclear peace deal, just so like I. My thought is that they're you know they're headquartered in Israel, and Israel's trying to expand and of take course. over the region, and part of that is Iran, and so of course they don't want to actually have peace in Iran. They just of want to like course, kick the ball down the road till they see a good opportunity. The most so. interesting thing is how like, I don't know if you've ever seen like a map of what they call greater Israel. Have you ever yeah, seen that yeah. map? It's part Definitely. of Saudi Arabia. Like does Saudi Arabia realize like, well, I mean like, yeah, it's, it's, it says that the Holy Text say from the Euphrates river to the Nile river. So that would be from, you know, like Turkey to Egypt. Yeah. I, I, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm all for peace. I'm all for negotiating everybody. I mean, and now we got China. Do you think Israel can get their, their – and listen, again, when we talk Israel, we're not talking the Jewish faith. We're not no. talking Jewish people. I have to say I this like, all the time. I like Jewish people. Yeah, I we don't. all do. Jewish chicks are fucking hot, and they like to get weird. They're <laughs> you stopped yourself cool. from saying claws and Jews in the same sentence, huh? You're like, can Israel get their claws – I mean, like, I no, 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 no. Yeah, well, I was well, thinking for that. sure. Yeah. They're claws. Let's say they got their claws in the United States government. But that question that yeah. you proposed to me, go ahead, tell him, because this is a good idea. What? Can they get, can Israel get embedded into China? Can they get, I mean, I know they're yeah. working with China, but the Chinese are notorious for working with you, getting all your technology, and then kicking you off because Israel yeah. w could blend in in the United States, Canada, you, uh, Britain, wherever they want to. They can blend in. It's very easy for them. That's in true. China, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. At the highest levels of the Chinese government, you can throw a cat and you, you'll hit a Chinese person. Mm -hmm. You won't get that yeah. cat back because it's got teriyaki it's sauce on it. But, you know, <laughs> but the truth is, you know, you, it's going to be almost impossible. And in China, if you do like treason, you're, they, there's no trial. It is like you are dead right there. Hey, Mag, yeah. I was following what you uh, yeah. what you tend to highlight on your set it. And I noticed that you're kind of into the same thing I'm into. I'm wondering yeah. how long until uh, Black Cube utilizes DARPA technology like that of Boston Dynamics Atlas or the handle. Do you think they're going to start using these robots in their uh, their spy technology? Because that's the one I mean, thing I didn't see I, pop up yet. Why do you think they aren't already? <laughs> Have you heard about this? Back in May, um, there was 11 jihadists that were like, taken out by the Russians using a robot. What? Really? Wow. Mm -hmm. Like a walking robot or like a drone? Like a little like badass looking little like uh, miniature version of like the Batmobile with an M16 like AK oh, wow. on it. Could, wow. Took out yeah, 11, that's, 11 that's people. That's crazy. So yeah, that's what we get to look forward to. And I'm glad that you mentioned yeah. Alphabet Inc., if we don't ever mention anything more than the Black Cube and Alphabet Inc. and the me and Sam park our cars on some railroad tracks a couple weeks from now, you guys take the ball from there and continue to investigate them. Yeah, we're gonna get, we're gonna we should have somebody who gets this podcast if we both disappear. Um, yeah, so dude, I mean, I ran. Then you hear the whole story that the and we gotta wrap it up here, but the yeah. uh, Uranium One deal. Uh, the whole thing was to make the Uranium One deal and then make the deal with Iran. And then slip them some uh, nuclear, uh, some Iranium, let them set up a shop in, in, in Syria, okay? Yeah. And then go, oh, we discovered this in yeah. Syria, and it's Russia's fault, and that's how we get in the war with Russia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like sprinkling the crack on the bodies, like the Dave Chappelle joke. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Except well, have you have you seen that YouTube video with uh, Patrick Clausen, who's one of the spokespeople for uh, WinEP, the Washington Institute for Near East Policy? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like have you seen that? Where flag, he's talking, yeah. yeah, it's creating a false flag to start a war with Iran, and he gave exam- historical examples like Gulf of Tonkin and Lusitania, and other. Th- and I mean, it's these. That's where these people's minds are at. I mean, they're they're they want this war because it's profitable. I mean, if you own a company that manufactures missiles, like Hell yeah, you want as much war as possible, both sides. You don't care. You just want to sell missiles. And a lot of people are in that position. And, uh, you know, a lot of banks are, like, loaning money to these weapons manufacturers. And, you know, it, you know, it's a sustainable business model unless there's a war. And so there's, like, all these industries that are kind of piggybacking on this whole thing. And it's like they, they like, have to have war or else their industry collapses. And so, so they will do anything they can do to get us to war, as Patrick Clausen put it. And, you know, there's that quote by Goring of like, people don't want war that, you know, people just want like the best anybody can get out of war is to return home in one piece. Like nobody wants that. And so you have to goad people into war by, you know, nationalism and by calling people cowards and calling them out if they don't support it. And it's the same way in every country. And this whole love of John McCain and the liberals like I'm keeping notes of all the li- and some of my friends and I'm going to forgive one or two of them because I love them as people and it's just the truth but the love okay. of John McCain from the left is un this is a guy they call a racist piece of shit when he was running against Obama now he's this loving patriot like it's unbelievable <laughs> to me yeah. the but times yeah, he was, we live in he was one of the biggest architects of the Iraq war which you know all Democrats were opposed to back when Bush was in power. And, you know, now it's just, I don't know. It's just 22, 22 servicemen who ex servicemen in the United States killed himself every fucking day because of the trauma they went through in those fucking unnecessary banker wars. So when you, and the lack of help they receive when they get back home. Yeah. Just remember that when you love John McCain and you want to name a highway after him and you want his fucking wife to get, just remember that dude. Just remember yeah. that, and look into the history of and John remember, McCain. And, and, and like, and Americans are paying for like nationalized health care for Iraqis, and meanwhile, like in the United States, our veterans come back home and they're like sleeping in the streets. Like, how, what, what is? It just doesn't even make any sense. It's just all foreign policy, political bullshit. It's, it's just ridiculous. Bullshit. And it's, and it's the thing is, once you see it as such, it's obvious, but a lot of people don't see it that way because they you know, grow up in this corporate propaganda environment, basically, that teaches them to normalize these kinds of things. And it takes almost a brave person to step outside of that. Like, you got to have some guts, like, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people are scared. And it just, I think about it, moving from this town every fucking day, dude. Every well, day, moving to Vegas and just fucking doing it out of there because it, it's just... The, the, the fucking selling out is so bad for a quick yeah. buck and a hope for a fucking chance to sell a TV show. And it just makes me super sad. Um, yeah, it sucks. And it's, yeah, it's, I, I lived abroad for like a year and the healthcare I got in that country was way better than anything I got here, you know, and way less, like a hundred times less expensive. Unbelievable, and dude. It's we're just gonna, like, we're going to start huh? doing a lot of shows, and I know that you keep your uh, location secretive, but if we ever happen to pop up in your neighborhood, we'd love to meet you in person, and you know we'll keep your, your secretive uh, <laughs> basically safe with us. So yeah, where could thing, everyone uh, find you on your social media, and if they want to get a hold of you or follow you on Set It? Like, cause, man, yeah, just go a- to 
Set it.net, man. That's where it's all happening. Well, we're in, and I own $20 in stock, so I got to get behind it, dude. <laughs> Magnora said, we love you. Please come on. As, we'd love to have you on more often. You're a wonderful interview, and uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you because you sound like one of the most sane people in our fucking <laughs> realm. You're a fucking G. We appreciate you. Thanks for coming on again. And hopefully it won't be another year till we get you on. We'd love to have you on earlier, bud. Yeah, man. Thanks, Sam. I love being here. It's always a pleasure. I love it. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, man. Take it easy. Brian, I love you, and we'll talk to you soon, bud. All right, man. Peace. Tin foil, half foil, half foil, half foil.